Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers Stay Clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When I go to Sacramento, I will pump up Sacramento. Sacramento, 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 Sacramento. Turner Sparks just got married and has moved home to America after 12 years living in China. Sir Michael Ira Kaplan has two kids, a wife, a job, and has spent his entire life in the USA. Neither one can figure their country out. This is Lost in America. All right, everybody, welcome to Lost in America, episode 127. My name's Turner Sparks. I am famous comedian Mike Kaplan. Yes, famous comedian. You can find me at Turner B. Sparks on Twitter. You can find famous comedian Mike Kaplan at Cap in America on Twitter. Also, we're on Instagram. Where are we, Cap? Cap in America is me, and we're at Lost in America, because that's the name of our podcast. And you're Turner Sparks. And I'm Turner Sparks. On the podcast today, we have Dr. Sri... Grandi, cardiologist the gr- to the pod. The grandest doc we know. Because we, we had a lot of cardiologists who wanted to be the cardiologist to the pod. Was, we, got, we were taking resumes in. Kim, it, was like, uh, it was like, you know, um, when people try out for uh, uh, the, what the famous, what's that show called? Who Wants to the Be bachelor, Famous? The Bachelorette or what is she? Where they're wrapped uh, around apprentice. the corner, the America's Got Talent. Oh, Amer- AGT, yes. yes. <laughs> we were, were interviewing outside. Yeah, that's what we had. There was hundreds of cardiologists and we were just next, next, This guy next. did an amazing cover of Hallelujah. So. He did a great one. <laughs> so we booked him. So we booked him in. Dr. Sri Grandi, he's coming in. Here's why he's coming. He's coming in hot. One is he's a real life cardiologist. Real life. Two is the nup. Since you had your world famous heart attack, everyone's been stopping me on the street, stopping you on the street. Biggest going, heart attack in the comedy world. As we mentioned before, first question is, um, oh, I, how's Cap doing? Second question, am I going to have a heart attack? Well, what happened to him? How old is he? Yeah. What does his parents have heart attacks? Does he smoke? Does he? They drink? always ask me like they, it's like they're victim shaming me. They're like, why did you have a heart attack? Yeah, like, what I have you to do have wrong? an answer exactly. So they, so we're going to find out why I had a heart attack. And what people can do to maybe avoid the same fate to them. Because that's a real question everyone wants to know. How, yeah. do they not, how do they not end up as Kaplan? And people don't want to, you don't want to have a heart attack because I've already, you're not going to get the material. I already have the podcast and the, I've got all the heart attack jokes now. So you don't, there's yeah. no, you, the, the one perk is gone. Too late. So, too late for you. So, yeah. It's like so, how, it's like how Amy Schumer is now doing that um, live comedy special where she's pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> like no one, no one saw the lady last year no, who did the pregnant special. <laughs> you know, there was that lady. Uh, well, who did that? Ali Wong did it last year and or two years ago. It was super. It went all around the world. Ali Wong got was pregnant and did a special about being pregnant and was like, wow, she's pregnant. And now 
Amy Schumer is just hoping nobody saw that <laughs> and no one heard it. She's like, look at me. I'm breaking barriers. I'm yeah. doing a pregnant special. It's like no one else could be the 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 heart attack comic. Heart, Amy Schumer starts a heart attack special. Oh, mother We're sending Blue Shirt after her. We're sending Blue Shirt <laughs> right after Kaplan. But before we get to the doc. Yeah. I'm doing a live comedy album, my very first ever live album. I'm announcing it right now. I'm doing it June 7th at the Friars Club, the legendary the Friars famous Club. famous Friars Club. Right here in New York City. If you ever saw the old Seinfeld episode, they went to the Friars Club. President of the Friars Club. You want to know who in the old days? Uh, who? Old Blue Eyes. Who's that? Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra? He was Frank's, a president of Friars Club? Yeah, up until oh. like he died. I thought Larry King's been a president for life. Like, no, Larry King took over in yeah. the mid-90s. Okay. After uh, after Blue Eyes after had a heart Blue attack Eyes. or whatever, oh, wow. however he Way died. to stay on brand. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's all. He's there. It's where the roast started. Yeah. It's where everything. Oh, it's the home of comedy in the in the world. And I've they've opened like the vault to me. They've opened the doors to me. They've allowed me to come in. I'm going to be recording two shows there. Live, they're going to be live stand-up shows. I'm inviting all of you, everyone listening right now, come to New York City. Go to turnersparks.com right now. Get your tickets. They're going to sell out. So get them now. It's 20 bucks. Yeah. You get into the club. You get to watch me record this special, these, these, this album. And then I'm going to record two shows, one hour each, and then they're going to mix it all together. And then in about September, when it comes out, it's going to go straight on to Sirius XM radio. Wow. And like the comedy, uh, one of the comedy stations, one of the, one of the comedy stations. So there's like five stations out there right now. And, uh, so if you laugh loud enough, yeah, you'll be, you'll hear your laughs in the car when you're driving around, you'll be like, that's me. Just say that's (laughs) That's, me. And and I'll be, you can also buy this album online. So I'm going to get, um, royalties from this Sirius XM radio. If you laugh, if you laugh loud enough, Maybe you will too. Really? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Artistic don't give our license. people any ideas. <laughs> yeah. Blue shirt. Are- so it's, 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 it's a lot of, it's going to be really cool. Um, the, the comedy record label, I've been told that I'm not allowed to say who it is. They, they do a big announcement before mm. it comes out. Yeah. Not when it's recorded. So around August or September, but it's a big one. That's and a big one. Everyone knows all the big labels in comedy. World, everybody so knows. You, the know, big ones. you know who he's probably talking about. Epic records, Warner <laughs> brothers, Atlantic, Atlantic, all the big shots. Geffen, yeah, Geffen Records, and also I've been signed Death by. Row. You're in Death Row I'm Records. I'm on Death Row <laughs> Comedy. Death Row, Death Row Comedy, uh, and I've been signed by a pretty big comic too, who I think everyone who listens to this will know who they are. I'm also not allowed to say who that is, but you'll you, find out I, soon. I know who it is. Have not said it in the vault, but I. Will, it's in the vault. In the vault. Won't, won't reveal it. You're not allowed to say. So also uh, May 25th, I'll be in Miami doing stand up there in little Havana coming home. They're playing the music already. I'm getting ready. That's about a week or two before this recording. So I'm going to be working on little Havana in little Havana. You got some Cuban jokes ready. You got it. Work. I got all, oh my uh, God, mustard on a sandwich? Get out of here. Yeah. That's my Cuban sandwich material. <laughs> got your horse meat story? Oh my God, my horse meat story. <laughs> we are ready to go with Kappa before. Oh, Amazon. That's the last thing we got to talk about. I got, I figured it out. I've gotten to the bottom of it. Here's the thing. Gary Sparks mm. bought stuff off of Amazon. I think Randy Kaplan bought stuff off Amazon. I've looked back. None of it's being recorded. So are we done Here, with Amazon then? Here's what I can trace it back to. Remember about a month and a half ago when we decided we decided to do old screenwriter Michael H. Weber a little favor, yeah, and put his book Daisy Six and Daisy the- Fuentes or whatever <laughs> it's called Daisy Jones and the Six Daisy Jones and the Six. We decided to switch out Audrey Murray and put uh, Weber's book. And Bezos didn't like that. We haven't been paid a dime since. This is the book switch. It's the book switch. That's fucking Weber. He tricked us. Enemy of the pod, <laughs> Michael H. Weber. But he did just book us our guest today, so we're really it's like is that an even. 
Even that's trade? not even. We got no money. We've been making hundreds of dollars so a month. Do you switch back to Audrey Murray's book? I think we're going to have to switch back. I got bad news for Daisy Jones and the Six. I think it's going to flop at the box office. Sorry, Weber. Because we're not advertising. We can't do it anymore. It did. Oh, it's so strange. I don't know what he did. Maybe. Or Bezos, I don't know if Weber, you know, he's highfalutin. He goes to these big Hollywood parties. Right. Maybe he saw Bezos at a party. Maybe he spilled a drink on him. Yeah. Maybe he called I him an old Weber, Weber was a little bit anti Amazon Long Island City. So he maybe, was. Maybe, maybe they uh, heard. Bezos saw that. And God just, damn it. We, us, uh, look at us associating we've with these. We've been penalized. Free speech is over in this country. Associating with these liberals, <laughs> these lefties. All right. Well, so we don't know. Keep going on Amazon through lostamericapod.com, but- We'll fix it. We'll fix it. So maybe don't buy anything for a couple of days. Wait till we fix it. I'm going to say, Weber, you make it right. If you can't make it right, <laughs> we we'll make us. it right. Wait, send Weber a bill for all the <laughs> money we should be owed. Bill. Yes. <laughs> and he- <laughs> We'll, we'll do we'll, an we'll, average of every uh, December's our biggest month. So let's just say yeah, what ha- what we make in December. All right. To pay, pay, pay us. Make it right, Weber. Should we get to Lost in America? So get to Lost in America. <laughs> On that note, play the music. All right, we're back, Kaplan. I mean, stand-up comedian Michael Ira Kaplan. Yeah, Mike with not a no M U M Y K Q, whatever that other Mike Kaplan. That guy, rival. enemy of the pod. Yeah, enemy of the pod at the moment because now I'm trying to establish myself and he's in my way. He's in. Your, you've done one stand-up <laughs> set. One stand-up set. I'm coming for you, <laughs> yeah. Mike with a Q Kaplan. Mike Kaplan. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I survived. So you did stand-up comedy. Did stand-up. Let's talk. So who's lost in America this week? I'm not really sure what the answer is. If it's you or me. But let's just let's break down. I was lost before I did it. This is like a retroactive, I think, lost in America. Yes. Because you said I was going to do stand-up comedy. I sort of just was like, whatever. I wasn't going to do it. Here's what I decided is that if I just started announcing it, <laughs> yeah, really, you would have to do it. It was pretty genius. Yeah. And then it worked. Yeah. It, I also texted Blue Shirt and Weber and told them, I'm about to announce this. Just go with it. Yeah. And they said, great. One of them, I think Weber did ask if this was bad for your heart attack. And I said, no, it's going to be great. <laughs> it's going to be uh, great. And then that was it. He believed me. Yeah. So if he believes anything you say. And then you did it and you killed and you had a great set. And everyone by now has probably listened to last week's episode. If you haven't, go back and listen. Uh, we, we have all our regular guests plus about about four, three-fourths of the way in. Cap does a, sta- a 10-minute stand-up set. Yeah. You were going to do five minutes. But let's start with the good. Yeah. Give me so there. Yeah, maybe you should do a little, rep- give me a little feedback. Okay. Feedback. Go. That's yeah. a good idea. And then we'll, uh, I'll uh, you know, be at the fence and explain myself. Positives. <laughs> let's go positives. All right. What do we got? First positive is it was an overwhelming success. Yeah. Everyone loved your, loved your set. I had a good crowd. Started out hot. You kept it hot the whole way through. <laughs> I don't think there was one um, dip during the whole thing. Now you were on stage. Maybe you felt it more than I did, but it seemed on it seemed yeah. on target the whole way to at, me at the time it felt that way i mean listening back i realized that like maybe the audience wasn't we didn't have microphones in the audience like i felt yeah. like i so i couldn't you, there's like some dead moments listening back to it for people who weren't there so i'm like oh that kind of fell flat but i feel like in the room a lot of those things weren't, weren't falling you know because i could hear no at the way stand-up new york is it's a great club but they don't mic the audience yeah. for these live podcasts so the only way you can hear the audience is through the mic that the comedian's holding right so for the really big moments if so you people can't, close to you. you can only hear like the huge laughs you can't hear like the sustained regular yeah. laughs um so yeah i don't i don't know yeah so i felt like there was there, there were moments like me personally listening back where i'm like 
like there were some flat moments where it wasn't really a joke, <laughs> but you know, like I just sort of said something and then kind of like went to something else. Yeah. Which, you know, you probably shouldn't do it. It was your first time yeah. ever. Yeah. How are so, you supposed to know? So, and I like, so just to give the, to pull the, pull the curtain back a little. How did you, you feel you, right before you went on? I felt good because what happened was you said I was going to stand up and I just thought the whole time would make it into a sketch. I'm not really going to do stand up. I'm going to get up there and do some bullshit while I can't do stand up. Yeah. And we'll make that funny and we'll move on. And then I, then I started to just write some shit down and then you like, came, I think that we talked that day and you, you were sort of like came up with the idea of making it into like what we went um, doing it like a list almost like, yeah, cause one. you had sent me like a collection of ideas, like a page and a half. And I was like, which one I was like thinking like, which ones these should I focus on? But like, they were all, it was like a too much stuff. It was, it was kind like, of all over the place. Yeah. And so I figured that in a normal standup set, you're performing for just a random audience of people you don't know. Yeah. And so you're really, there's, it's, there's a lot that goes into a lot of trial and error trying to figure it out. But for this, this is all people who already knew who you were. Right. For the most part. Or at least, yeah, at least, at least half. Or, or, or podcast listeners. Yeah. And we had spent the first 40, 45 minutes talking about, which, setting up the heart attack. Right. Which so is, I'm like, let's just make this whole thing, your about, whole set about the heart attack. Yeah, yeah. And we will, it's like the, the setup has already been done for you. Yeah. It's basically, you got the same treatment that, um, like famous comedians. Yeah, well, it's, it's I, why, as I deserve. It's why comedy is easier if you're famous. Right. Because they're already a fan of you. They already know all about you. If you're a famous comedian or just famous person making it like. Just a famous person. I see it with my boss. People, when they make a speech and you try to you tell jokes because I'm not usually telling you. Know, it's like you have expectations are different. They already like love you. A comedian. Yeah, they already liked you. Exactly. And I knew, and, I knew I'd benefit from that. So I wasn't. You're asking me how did I feel. I wasn't really nervous like going in because I knew. Like I knew on some level, if it was a disaster, I'd make it like a self-deprecating thing about oh, I'm not also, a comedian. Yeah. <laughs> like, and if it went well, that'd be great. And I don't mean this to take anything away from you, but more to talk about those. So if you go see, uh, a lot of people are like, oh, uh, Kevin Hart. People are like, oh, he's not funny. But then fans of his are like, he's hilarious. And you can see him go up there. And if he's like, so I got two kids and they're already laughing. Yeah. Because they know just what his kids are like yeah, from his life shows. or whatever. Um, so th that's why the heart attack thing seemed to make sense. Like just, but also yeah. you did a good job of uh, a lot of times that what new comedians do wrong is they will talk about stuff that's not true. Right. About them. They're like, so yesterday I got uh, stabbed by a police officer. And <laughs> like, you're like, clearly you didn't. Right, right. And so you did a really good job of just, I was like, you just talked about the truth. Right. Well, that's like, thank you. And that's like what I think the reason I benefit is like my whole life has been like talking about real things. Like I don't like, like, like every conversation I ever had with an attractive girl my whole life yeah. was like doing stand-up for her in my, <laughs> in my mind. <laughs> it was like, I have bits, I have things to talk about. I have a story that just happened. Um, so, you know, the audience was an attractive audience. So I was, I was on, but, um, yeah, that, that's, and that's, we try to do this on this podcast too. Like, I don't know people, like I do with my writing too. It's like, you try to focus on what's real. Yeah. You have easier. 126 episodes of practice. Exactly. Yeah. So, and I, I know I think that it was a good idea to like <laughs> come up thunk? with well, no, I thunk. So I, so to break it down a little bit, I came up with the early stuff like that day, like walking the dog. And I was like, I could say that. I could say that. I think I could say that. And, and I was you, thinking, can I say this in front of people? I think I can. And if you don't know what we're talking about, we're not going to explain it. Go yeah, back listen and listen. To the fucking episode. Go back or and go, go to our next week. live podcast. Yeah. But, and then, you know, it's like, you must experience it all the time. You have, and you, do, you talk about trial and I'm doing it for one night only. It's like, I have no idea. Like you think something sounds funny to you. But like, I have no, you have no idea people are going to laugh. Exactly. And it's like different when you do, we do a podcast. It's like, I don't really care. 
Like, I think it was a good podcast. And I don't know if someone laughed or not. It's something I thought was funny. I said, yeah, I don't know if they yeah, fell off yep. the treadmill laughing. Or <laughs> yeah, not. but doing it in front of people is a weird experience. I've had at other live podcasts when you say something you think is funny and like no one laughs. Sure. And you're like, oh, shit. Do so, you think that doing a few previous live podcasts helped? Definitely. Well, it helped the overall. Pod- I mean, I hadn't done it in like 13 months. This is the other reason I was like, are you fucking kidding? I'm going to do stand up. Wow. But um, I did help. It helped like doing it, doing it later in the show. Like I thought at first in my head. I had this idea that I would start the night. Like I'd come up early because usually like there's like a warm up, like Joe or someone. And I was like, why don't I just do a few jokes and then introduce, you know, but then that would have been tough. That's the hardest spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Opening yeah. and uh, opening a show is the hardest thing to and do. I didn't want to go on after, because um, TJ Miller came in. And I was like, he's like famous. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, that'll be tough. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. And everybody was great on their show. So I was like, ah, oh, everybody was great. Yeah. But, and I didn't want to give you the check spot. Yeah. Appreciate that. People are paying their bill. Um, so, um, I think, and then also you kind of wrote it, like we talked about this, you wrote it like a wedding speech where like just one topic, right. go, everyone, and the heart topic was a heart attack. I've given good and, wedding speeches and good funeral speeches in the past, so I knew I was good at that. Yeah, so you're I, not going to Tyler Sparks it and yeah. blow the whole thing like you did at my, my brother did at my wedding. Uh, so, and, and then you, uh, yeah, you did, it was like a top 10, uh, the best things about having a heart attack. Right. And then, did so you did that, like, how do you think that, because that was more of like, not, now we're not really doing stand-up anymore, although I kind of riffed no, off were. some of them. What's great about that is it's one premise right. that's very clear and very simple. Another thing comedians do when they're new is that you don't even, like, they, the, the premise isn't even clear. You're not even sure what their angle is. Right, so yeah. you can't laugh because you're like, I don't even know where you're going with this. Yeah. The premise was clear. It was good things about having a heart attack. It was a flip, a, a classic like comedy twist. Yeah. So if you go bad things about having a heart attack, that's not funny because everything's bad about having a heart attack. Right, right. You're good things, boom, the premise is already set up. And then you stuck to that premise the whole way through for 10 minutes. Yeah. And that's why like- after, So that's, that's good. And like one, you know, when you're doing it, it's like this kind of like this, like you're like in a zone, you don't really hear, like, it's like, it felt good. But I was afterwards, like as the days went on, I was like, just things would come to me. Like, oh, I could have said that. I could have said that. And then it's like, God, if this is why I see why you prepare, because like, if I had this idea three days earlier in my head, yeah, that's why I could have made this like better. But, but see, you know. that's why like the life of a comedian yeah. is- Three days later, when you think of those things, yeah. you write them down. And the next time you, you try that yeah, bit, yeah, yeah. you add those things in. So the next live stand-up pod, I'm going to do the exact same shtick. <laughs> and I'm going to change it well, a little so bit. So this is what we've had listeners asking. Are you going to be doing stand-up full Are you a full-time comedian? Are you going to be? I think doing them at our live pods is not a bad idea. Yeah, I'll do it at the live pods again. Because like, then, yeah, do you yeah. really want to go to like a, a three in the afternoon open mic? We have to pay $10 to get on stage. I, I don't think I can come down to that. I've done stand-up New York now. So. You've done one of the best clubs in, in the <laughs> world. I don't think, you know, I, it is a great experiment in like in general to be like, oh, strange, doing it for strangers. It'd be interesting. It's not but fun. It's not fun. No. So, um, you yeah. did the most fun. What you just did was what people work a really long time to get to do. The fun stuff. You did the fun stuff. Yeah. I can yeah. promise the listeners that at all future live podcasts, we'll think of, I'll have a, st- I'll have something. Great. Maybe I'll even try to do it without paper next time. We'll try to graduate. We'll, that's, we'll get to that. <laughs> so here's the th- a couple things. One thing is I noticed, cause the idea was you were going to do five minutes. Right? right. And then you get on stage and you kind of, which I, which does happen a lot. First time people go on stage, almost every single time I've seen someone first time is you go, Hey, uh, like when I used to host open mics, they'd be like, it's my first time. I'm like, all right, you get five minutes. We'll give you a light at four. And they're yeah. like, Oh, I only have like a minute. Yeah. And they're like, all right, well, if you want to come off early, that's fine too. And then they do like 12 minutes. Yeah. Cause I think knowing, um, the actual time versus when you're on stage, especially if you're getting laughs. Time is like a, it's like a warp. Yeah. You had no, I had no concept. Like concept. I, did, I thought 
I figured I went over five minutes, but I didn't know it was like nine, 10 minutes until you told me that. It was like 9.30. Yeah. Uh, but the other thing is, I never explained to you what the light was. Right. So at the back of every comedy club in the world, there's a red light. And when that light goes off, it means you have a minute left on whatever you're doing. And then you have to wrap, you have to be done. You have to be off stage. And um, I never explained that to you. Yeah, I know. Our first live podcast, there was like the light thing and you try to explain to me. So I know where to wrap up a bit. But like, I didn't realize that we even were lighting me. I thought like, I'm not a real comedian. <laughs> I thought we're going to see how it goes. Like in my head, I was like, we're going to see how it goes. And as long as I take, oh, long as I take, I thought it would be about three to four minutes. I didn't think I'd get to five. So next time I'll know to look for a light. I think they should have a better system though. They should like, I don't know, throw like a grape at me or something. I don't know, like shoot me <laughs> the with The light's a- the best <laughs> system. Right. It's something you can see, but the audience can't. Yeah. And, and so I can, I can tell you, because I was uh, aware of it all. You get the light, you got the light at four minutes because yeah. you were supposed to, you're going to do a five it. minute set. Didn't see it. At the four minute mark, you hadn't even started list. your 10 list. <laughs> you hadn't started your bit. Yeah. You were just kind of talking and it was going well. But I, I thought really the talking part, listening back to it, I was more proud of the, like satisfied with the talking part than the list part. <laughs> Cause like, I felt like that was like, re- like doing it. Yeah. You know, I got a lot of that was not stuff. Off I pre- the cuff. Like the premises were prepared. Most of them, but there was some stuff I invented there on the fly and the, the list star, I see why you don't, you, obviously you look like an amateur talking, reading off a piece of paper, but I see why you would also discourage it because like I ended up like mentally you shut down a little, I feel like, and you yeah, don't like you rely things, on it. Right? There, there's things like I thought like, oh, I wrote this thing down, but you know, I'm not going to read it off a thing. So then I put it away. And then all of a sudden I, I kind of a couple of them I had funny. I've told the heart attack story so many times. I didn't think I'd forget like funny parts to these things, but I did forget a few things. And sure. In the room, it didn't matter because everyone was laughing. It seemed it like I great. could say anything. Yeah, <laughs> so, you could. So, so I think it went well. Uh, you know, I don't know. Next time he's telling me, what should I, I, the light and the paper, we'll try to, we'll try to fix those. Yeah. I would say just look at the light and know you have one minute left. Um, and then the paper is, yeah, you don't want to have a piece of paper on stage. Main reason being that uh, that's what you just said. So anytime, every once in a while, I'll do it. And I see I, some comedians have like notes they look at sometimes their phone or something. So those or, people are idiots. Yeah. Uh, I don't. The reason why you don't do that is what you just said. It's because anytime someone does have their notes up there, they rely on them. Yeah. When really most of the time you can remember that while you're up there, you yeah. can remember that you what your notes are. And if you just, it's a crutch that you and you lose the connection with the audience. Yeah. Because you look anytime you look down, they're like, oh, he's not. The, the trick of stand-up is to make the audience think you're actually thinking of all the stuff in the moment, right? Yeah, yeah. And when you have notes up there, they're like, oh, he's not thinking of this. This is a script. So next time, I'll, every time I think of something in the moment, I'll be like, that was original. I didn't plan that. No. Don't tell him that. <laughs> all right. See, I, I know. See, all that other stuff was learn. a script, but this is not. <laughs> this is a real no. joke I just anyway, thought of for real. It was, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean it. So should we get to our guest? Let's bring him in. Oh my gosh. We have... Dr. Grandi. He's a cardiologist to the pod. Out in the hall. I'm excited. He's out in the hall. He's coming on in. Dr. Grandi, come on in. All right, we're back with our guest, Sri Grandi. That's Correct. Yeah, that's it. Welcome to the podcast. How you doing, man? It's great to be here, guys. Yes. Well, we have now. We're officially before you even get started. We're calling you the official cardiologist of the podcast. <laughs> We've, oh, I'm honored. Thank yes. you. Here's what happened: is we had so many people. Okay. Kaplan had his uh, world famous heart attack. The, the famous po- heart attack in podcast history, I think. Two months ago. 
about uh, the, the first day of February. So that's about six, about two and a half months ago now. Yeah. And what happened was everyone's first question when they found out was like, oh, wow, how's Cap doing? Immediate second question is, um, when am I going to have a heart attack? Right. They're like, wait, what was he eating? Yeah. Well, what was his, what was his exercise schedule? Because they yeah. were all comparing it to their own. Right. Yeah. Right. To see in literally within the same sentence of like me still answering how I'm doing. Right. Their mind already moves away and be like, but they know they always they're very fixated the average person and why I had the heart attack because it's yeah. like it makes them oh, like course. they want to like no because I want to know if it's if they're gonna have one. Yeah. But being in, yeah, being American, the, the whole thing is focused on them. Yes. It's Very a whole American. self-centered yes. focus. Well, uh, and so... That is the American way of doing things. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Don't you want to know how you're doing? Yeah. And so I think the biggest thing for everybody was that your age. And all I think we have a lot of listeners who are about our age. I'm yeah. 37, cast 41. Yeah. Because it's... And it's great because I used to like think... I'm like, I feel like I'm getting older, right? I'm 41. But then you have a heart attack, you feel younger because you're like, I'm pretty, I, I think everyone's like stunned. Like you get a heart attack at 41. Yeah, yeah you're on the uh, younger a, end of They the, didn't know uh, this. And yeah. then people, a lot of people I know are like your age or in their thirties. And well, so the main question is, I just, I think we had all just assumed people who had their heart attack were in their seventies. Yes. And so it's or like fat guys, big yeah. fat guys or big right. fat guys. Right. Yeah. So, so, and I'm not a big fat guy. I was a little, I had about 15 to 20 more pounds on me when yeah. I had the heart attack, yeah. but you know. Oh yeah. It's yeah. been great for his weight. I, I was a little <laughs> stocky. I was a little stocky, but I wasn't fat. Yeah, it's so, a lot easier to go to the gym post heart attack because it's hard to um, sleep in. You know, it's uh, yeah. all of a sudden, you know, maybe I'm going to stay on the couch tonight, watch TV. I had a heart attack. I'm yeah. going to go to the gym. <laughs> yeah, you don't feel like everyone goes to the gym. Yeah, you're right. Because everyone goes to the gym and they feel like yeah. this like bullshit, like the New Year's, the New Year's resolution. I got to get in shape. Yeah. And like, what are you getting in shape yeah, for? Yeah. You're, you're, not, you're like a New you're Year's not, resolution forever now. Yeah, you're not going to yeah. do it. But, but I like, have a real reason. Like, new I'm like, new yeah. life. It's like I'm training for uh, next yeah. season. Like, like, so yeah. what's what's the average age of people who have we have a ton of heart heart attack questions yeah. that's why that's why we yeah. want to have you in and uh, thank you for doing it you know i'm definitely going to throw out a lot of statistics i'm you know not sure how many of them are perfect percent accurate we don't fact check on like this that. podcast yeah, we, we don't good. we so, have no idea you can tell us anything <laughs> we will accept it um well i mean I, I guess i'll put it in the context of this um in terms of you know unfortunately what's happened to you is you know it happens um in this area, we've seen it a lot more. Um, part of it is is that we had, you know, there's a large immigrant population, and um, I can blame the immigrants for this. <laughs> well, people, you know, people from South Asian descent, um, people, you know, people from you know Mexico, um, that wall. people from Asia, <laughs> no. they definitely, for whatever reason, have, um, mid, you know, people from. E I mean, I have a lot of patients in Jersey City who who are from Egypt and. Um, we see a lot of heart attacks, 25, 30, 35, and then, you know, 40. 25? You know, yeah, I mean, we've definitely seen it. 25. Um, I thought America was number one in this. I can't believe yeah, it. Yeah, no, no, it definitely. So, you know, the, the, so the, you know the people look at what's going on, and a lot of these people are skinny. I mean, they're skinny. I mean, there's definitely a higher incidence of diabetes, which is a risk factor for this. But when we start looking at all these things, we look at, like, traditional risk factors. Um, so going back to your question of, like, what is the average age you know, I, I always say if um, or we say that, you know, if your father had a heart attack at 45 or younger, that's a risk factor equivalent to whether you smoked or not. Whoa. So, so you might you know, as well. So my father didn't, but I did. So my kids are fine. <laughs> you yeah. so might they, as well you start know, smoking now. There, you know, my kid Teddy better be take a pack a day yeah. at this point. You might as well be cool. So there's something wow. genetically going on. Um, 
that we don't know 100% yet what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, as a result, it creates this, you know, cloud of uncertainty. And everybody's like, well, you know, I stopped eating, McDonald's. I, stopped eating McDonald's. I should be fine. And, uh, you know, I mean, you know, I'm just looking at you, uh, you know, just, you know, from a height weight standpoint. You don't fit into the obese category. Right, thank close. You. you didn't seem pretty so. heart attack. <laughs> um, I'm holding, I'm sucking it in right now. So yeah. <laughs> so the actual cause of your heart attack is probably still yet to be uh, determined. Wow. Yeah. I just list like factors to people. Yeah. I'm what? speculating. Yeah. I have no- and I'm sure people have asked you all the questions in terms of drugs and David, you know, all that. Like- I mean, cocaine yeah. they're like i, I, I did you, hear that part of the story where yeah. you know i'm sure everybody was like okay how much cocaine did this guy use and um you know that's definitely a number one um well the, the issue with cocaine is is that it's a, it's kind of a one well it's still controversial as to what the long-term consequences are but theoretically every time you use it it's a chance you could die of a heart attack whoa really and so yeah and actually the quality of the cocaine makes the likelihood of a heart attack go up. Oh, I always which get is the best stuff whenever I do it. You hear that, kids? Yeah, which is <laughs> so why... don't get good yeah. coke. <laughs> no, you do get good Yeah, coke. well, no, if you do, it's that's, I think, why celebrities, unfortunately, right, succumb they to better cocaine. Coke, so. They have better cocaine. But the so. higher quality yeah, of the cocaine, yeah. more, yeah. more... So cocaine, more cocaine oh. is a pure, what we call, vasoconstrictor. So it literally makes the arteries of the heart, for some people, um, spasm. So it kind of mimics... It's not the same type of heart attack, but it, it ultimately it's the same type of um, end result where you're you're temporarily depriving your heart of of oxygen, and heart attacks kind of manifest Jesus. in two different ways. It's the way which happened to you, which you're lucky, which is kind of uh, whether it's chest pain or you know that. What, I mean, yours nausea. was really nausea, nausea vomiting, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, but it's like it's happening. Your heart is dam- getting damaged, but it's still it's still handling it. Um, in, in probably more than 50% of the heart attacks, I always say the presenting symptom is death. <laughs> so, uh, and that's that was really my next scary. question yeah. actually. So that's really, you know, that's what I, happens you know, when you, when I have a lot of patients who come in that, you know, they smoke like two packs of cigarettes dead. and they're like, uh, whatever doc, I'll just, you know, when I get some chest pain, I'll run to the hospital and then I'll get my angioplasty and I'll be okay. Yeah. Right. That's what I'm And I'm like, think. if you're lucky, you know, in, in, in a lot of ways, I mean, that's really what it is. You're lucky. That's what, that's what it is. But I mean, do you guys remember Tim Russert? Yeah, yeah. Uh, from East Press. I mean, he, the, he dropped the dead at uh, the NBC studios. Oh, he did? And it was the same thing. He had a heart attack. And um, oh, that guy always did the best cocaine. So. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know he was so, dead. Yeah, he didn't do no, the rap. He died. Yeah. yeah. He, I mean, he doesn't do Meet the Press anymore. And um, yeah, no, that, that was, I knew he died. Yeah. But, but anybody, he anybody doesn't, you know, in broadcaster heaven. That's why he's <laughs> saying, yeah. like, you do the, Wait. you do rat poison. The kids out there, if you're in the park buying coke. Yeah. I was going to say, buy the good stuff. Baby the powder is actually keeping you alive. We yes. have a lot of <laughs> listeners changing their cocaine habits <laughs> yeah. right now. They, 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 as go to Washington Park and buy the cheap. So but yeah, so you know, cocaine is every time you know. So you know, in your circumstance, more uh, you know, we haven't gotten to the more details, but ultimately, what happened was you know, a pla- You know, there was a there was a fixed plaque uh, in your artery. Um, the scary part is for you probably it was like ten or twenty percent. So if you did a stress test the day before, it probably wouldn't have shown up. Well, I had, what do you mean by 10 or 20%? Like a plaque. Yeah, can you blockage. explain a Yeah, plaque? so. Because um, my blockage was actually like a, 90. Maybe a piece of paper would help kind of. Uh, I don't sure. Know, yeah, tell do me it. if this doesn't make sense. Can, but uh, so ultimately, you know, when you're looking at a heart attack, what's happening is, is that um, you basically have these blood, you know, if you look at my very accurate rep- rendition of a heart. We need to say what cast this. On the side, okay. You've got these blood vessels that run on the surface of the muscle. 
um, which then feed blood into the, um, into the heart muscle. And so for a lot of people, you know, if you look at a, if you look at, if you, if you think of uh, a blood vessel as a, as a tube, okay, um, there'll be these like flat plaques, maybe 20% or whatever. We kind of think of angioplasty, you know, I had angioplasty or I had coronary bypass when these blockages are more like 90%. And those are the people that present with like shortness of breath or chest pain whenever they exert themselves. That, that term is called angina. And it's usually a chronic thing. Um, what happens in a heart attack is that this plaque actually ruptures off the surface of the tube or pipe and it travels down to a branch point where it completely blocks off blood flow. And it happens so suddenly that, um, you know, that leads to the death of and the muscle. And you can't predict it. Yeah. Like, so, so that's, that's the thing. Like, so I, that's, that's, that's not so helping. That's, <laughs> so that's the trillion dollar. I mean, it's probably a trillion dollar market. That's the trillion dollar question right now in medicine is that there is yeah. not a guaranteed way to predict it. Right. Because if you go like I could have gone to the doctor a few the days day before, day before yeah. and they might not have known. Yeah. Well, like, they, they mean, would have put you on a treadmill and the treadmill stress test would have looked for a 90% blockage. They would have looked for characteristic changes. But when you only have a 10 or 20% blockage, you're, I went skiing the day before. Yeah. So I you, probably would have done good in the stress I mean, test. You definitely did your own <laughs> stress test at that point. So do you think that when he went skiing, that, is it exercise that dislodges that plaque? So that, Ooh, can so I sue the melon? Uh, well, I mean, people think about that. I mean, I've definitely, you know, uh, people have interviewed me for articles about shoveling snow and everything. Um, no one wants to shovel snow. They want excuse. The answer is we don't know. Um, so the actual cause is... Um, a term called inflammation. So you guys have heard of infl- inflammation. Yeah. Um, kind of the classic analogy of inflammation is, is that let's say you cut your hand and it gets infected. So it gets swollen and red. The swelling and the redness is actually the, infl- the inflammatory process. The body increases fluid into that area and then immune cells kind of swim through that to get to that cut and they are fighting off whatever bacteria is on the, you know, that's entered the body or if there's a, even like a you know, like a splinter or whatever. There's like an immune. That's, so that's an inflammatory response. Um, so that happens really at the, at, the, at, the, at, the, at the surface of the plaque. So the plaque is actually a representation of the inflammation. So when you get a scab on your skin, um, imagine the same thing happening on the inside of a fixed tube. And that's actually what the plaque is. It's, that, it's a scab from an injury. What is the injury? The classic one is high blood pressure um, and nicotine is that kind of the exogenous outside factor. Um, So those are things that happen, you know, unfortunately, when you're like 10 years old, 15 years old. I mean, you know, they've they've gone back and they've, you know, they claim to have seen remnants of this in in children, um, you know, in obese children and things like that. Wow. So if you smoke when you're, you give up smoking, someone out there give smoking like. You know, they smoke for 10 years and give it up. Is it still a factor years later? Yeah, it is, yeah. unfortunately. So that's wow. the thing. So uh, a, a line I've used many times to people when I meet them, the cigarette you smoked when you were 18 is now the cause of your heart attack at the age of 60 or 70. Wow. And I was just trying, so, to, I never I, I was trying to impress yeah. some girls at the shore. I yeah. used to smoke when I was 18. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly. well, that's, I mean, that's the worst part about it. So how do you tell an 18-year-old, don't smoke, it's going to cause a heart attack when you're, Later in life, what, I mean, especially with global warming, the world's yeah. not even going to be here anyway. Who cares? <laughs> exactly, you're right. Exactly. That point. But that's really what it is. I mean, that's kind of the how, that's the the usual rate of this pathology. Is I mean, so, it's an older thing. So, so I think a big question from our listeners is, um, I, you you kind of answered it, but I wanted 
I want to make sure Kaplan's symptoms seem to be that he was throwing up yeah. for hours and hours and yeah. hours. And that's what's freaking everyone out. Because yeah. every one of our friends is like, wait, I, I went out and I drank up, too much yeah. and I was puking yeah, all night. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, hey, yeah. what if that's a heart attack? And I just didn't know. Yeah. I mean, so that's the. So there's no real answer. Have you heard? No I, mean, real, I, mean, I, I mean, well, I, I mean, I'll tell you this for unfortunately for a thousand patients that I'll see because they're vomiting intractably. They come in, they're saying, oh, maybe I have a heart attack you know, maybe one of them will actually translate to a heart attack like this. I mean, this is, you know, really kind of a, I have a rare case. One in a million yeah, cap. Yeah. Well, when exactly. I was told to, when I met with my cardiologist in New York, yeah. it was after the incident. Yeah. I gave him the whole story. Yeah. You know, minus the joke, the podcast yeah. version, minus the jokes. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's taking notes and yeah. I noticed he was doing the same thing you're doing where he's doing a lot of drawing yeah. and showing me things yeah, like yeah. I, I couldn't go to med school. I think because I can't, <laughs> I can't make a drawing yeah, that can well, show I mean, anybody, I mean, you know, but, uh, you have to draw poorly. I yeah, think. no, that was good. That was educational. You know, so he, but he was like, oh, he kept guessing what was like, he'd be like, oh, the way you're describing it, I think it's going to be this. Uh, it was like, everything was off yeah. based on how it normally goes. Yeah. So I guess it, it, there's, there's no way of knowing is I'm so that's the problem is there's, so there's no way to know it. So, I mean, obviously, um, People are people are people are looking into your genetic profile because something else something is accelerated in that process. So all of these things. I mean, what do we think about normally when you think of heart disease? You're like, don't eat McDonald's. Don't eat. You know, don't be fat. Um, don't smoke. Um, you know, sedentary lifestyle. So it's it's turning out to be that. Maybe the benefit. Of, so there's a couple of things going on. One is um, this inflammatory process. It looks like is going on all the time in people who have heart disease. Um, and when you look at drugs like Lipitor or Crestor, I'm on they, Lipitor. <laughs> they they showed that. Um, well, I mean, like the guys at the Crestor, uh, the people who did Crestor, they did this great clinical trial that was eventually reproduced by the NIH because people were like, oh, it's a drug company trying to sell more drug more than right. what really... They, it was reproduced. Basically, they showed in people that have no medical problems, no blood pressure, no diabetes, normal cholesterol, never smoked. If they took Crestor, um, they, they, took, they, they took that group of people and they split them into two groups. One group took Crestor and one group took a placebo or a sugar pill. And the people who took Crestor were like living substantially longer to the point that they stopped the trial early, like two years early. They're like, you know what? Everybody should just take Crestor. And um, it was kind of mind boggling at the time because we're like, I mean, these people have no risk factors. Like all this. I mean, we're seeing. Is Crestor people, a statin? Yeah. What yeah, is Crestor? Crestor is a statin. It's a group of drugs called statins. I know. Um, to date is the most effective drug in preventing heart disease or heart attacks. Um, it was originally invented to lower cholesterol, okay? Um, and over the years, so Lipitor was kind of the first one that really kind of hit its, you know, it became very famous. Crestor came later. They gave you the first one, Cap? Yes. You're on Lipitor. Well, <laughs> you got to get the yeah. second one. <laughs> what are we doing? Well, yeah. It's generic. <laughs> well, they later on did a head-to-head -head trial, and they're both equal to each other. Okay. okay. Um, We're back. But Lipitor is the original, like where a lot of the- Yeah, I like the original. Was done. I don't yeah. like these uh, <laughs> knockoffs. Um, and what they found, <coughs> what they found was is that other drugs that lower cholesterol don't necessarily make you live longer. So kind of through that whole um, cholesterol is the cause of all of this notion on its head um, a little bit. Okay. So, so those, those statins work, but it's like not even because of the lowering cholesterol. They do other things, basically, is what you're trying to say. Right. So they call it the pleiotropic effect. 
um, which is a fancy word for there's something else other than lowering cholesterol. And they know what it is or they're just not even sure. So in those people that were doing, they were living so long. These are like young, these are people like all of our age um, who are just living longer. I mean, so like, you know, five years ago, somebody said, here, take this Crestor. I mean, you'd be like, are you crazy? Like, I don't. Uh, right. That's the problem. You're not yeah. going to take it. Well, so that's the thing. Symptoms. So there's now a compelling argument that we should really start. I mean, I mean, I'm like, oh, it should be like put, a vaccine. Yeah, I'm like, just it? put it in the water. I mean, you know, it's like kind of, yeah, it's kind of coming to the that Russians point. Russians tried that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fluoride. Um, you know, and, and every year, like one of these studies come out, then people will come out later and say, oh, well, maybe they're just trying to push too much drug. And it is weird to it's start bad for your business if they put it in the water and everyone. It's yeah, weird no, it's really to start taking a drug <laughs> when you have no symptoms of it. Exactly. Exactly. And especially at this time when like everybody's going more natural. Everyone's trying to take less. Yeah. Yeah. So what are like the... Um, <clears throat> Uh, what are the natural things people can do? Is there, so you yeah. said the number one problem is 45, if your father 45 or younger has So the risk disease. factors for heart disease, the yeah. traditional risk factors that we are kind of tried and true, what they did was they looked at this, um, this town in Massachusetts called Framingham, and they've been following them, I think, since the 50s. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, know, uh, you know, it's Harvard, you know, re- close to Harvard, and, they, they basically, and it's been the, the Framingham trial, and they've published data, you know, continuously on... Like a lot of our prognostic data of, oh, if you had a hangnail at 18, what are the chances of a heart attack? That study probably was done because they looked at the Framingham people and saw what happened. So of like kind of the consensus risk factors that they've seen over the years is high blood pressure, diabetes, high cholesterol, um, whether you smoked or not. Okay. And if your parents, your father had a heart attack under the age of 45, or if your mother had a heart attack under the age of 55, um, you know, there's some gender issues. Um, after women go into menopause, their risk really starts to accelerate to, clo- to be closer to men. But generally, one of the thoughts is, is that um, a lot of this doesn't happen in women who are still childbearing because the menstrual cycle of estrogen going up and down every month seems to have some sort of protective effect on um, these blockages. So we should take estrogen. Well, so that, <laughs> yes. yeah. I mean, that was, I mean, transition. that was a theory for a long time. Oof. Unfortunately, you know, estrogen supplements have been linked to cancer and, oh. you know, not, it's, it hasn't, you know, there, everything. there's something else going on there that we haven't figured out, but they've definitely looked at hormone replacement therapy re- and, Wow, you know, it's not. It has not translated to this. I don't really hit any of your of uh, your things there. I mean, I had yeah. I, I had at one point in my life right. I had elevated cholesterol. I got right. that down. Right. Then I, I hadn't tested in a while. So maybe yeah. let's say maybe I was high. Right. So did you ever? Did my you blood ever pressure do something was called a C-reactive protein. So this all comes to this um, inflammation, and there's this blood test called a C-reactive protein. Probably. And um, I still remember when I was like a kid, like um, watching Dan Rather, and it was like it was. I don't know why it sticks. I mean, it's just like. You know, you're meant to be a cardiologist when like certain things. So it's like a, it's like, it was like a new I'm story. I'm like a kid watching a basketball <laughs> yeah. game. Being yeah. like, I want to be a yeah, basketball yeah. player. I watched yeah. Norm Macdonald. Yeah. I was yeah. like, I want to be a comedian. Yeah. You watch Dan I was like Rather. watching the news some, one day. I just, I, you know, I just, it was something. And it was like, there's this blood test called, or there's this, this molecule called C-reactive protein that could be the cure to heart disease. And like, and then, you know, then I never heard of it again. And then I got to medical school. And like, I guess through the, through the late nineties, maybe the early two thousands, it was like the blood test that everybody checked to see whether you had a heart attack or not. And the problem is, is it's, it's so it's a marker of inflammation. And if you get a cold or, you know, if you get sick in any way, your C-reactive protein levels go up. So it's what we call nonspecific. It could mean a lot of different things. Have a lot, yeah, but if you're totally healthy and your C-reactive protein level is elevated, there's definitely a link to higher heart attacks. 
And so what would be you know, interesting to know is five years ago, if you had a C-reactive protein right. drawn, what was that level? What, and I would suspect that maybe it would be elevated. Is that something a regular like general doctor would do? Or you so to to- it fell out of favor for many years because the problem was is that it was elevated and nobody knew what to do with it. And it was, there was a lot of issues. All of a sudden, this Crestor trial came yeah. out that I talked about. And in that trial, they went back and looked and they're like, well, like I said, it was people were very skeptical. They're like, you're giving a drug for people who have no risk factor, none of these traditional risk factors. Why are they living so long? Oh, clearly AstraZeneca did something to manipulate the data. And like I said, later on, it was reproduced by the NIH. So, and so what they looked at and they found was the people who had high C-reactive protein levels were the ones who benefited the most from getting Crestor for no reason. So it kind of started this inflammatory hypothesis of, um, you know, you're, you've got this global level of inflammation in your body, and that's the actual cause of heart disease. That's a, my, my uncle had a test, I remember, about 15 years ago, and then he went some tests in some level, and it was like, then he had a bypass surgery as a result. Yeah. Like, is that How old was your uncle when that happened? In, probably in his 50s. Or something. Yes. Is, yeah. that, is that the type of thing that you would, it would happen if you like, if a doctor, it was high enough or is it? Well, no, there's other blood tests that we look at. You, you probably had something called a troponin level drawn. Uh-huh. Um, it would be interesting to know how high the level was when you showed up at, uh, at the hospital, because that would tell you how much damage was done at that time. Cause that's a, that's a my paperwork, <clears throat> but yeah, I was that's at, a blood test that looks at, so troponin is a hor- is a, is a molecule that makes up muscle. And it's not supposed to be in the bloodstream. It's supposed to be solid, you know, in your organs, particularly your, your heart muscle. So there's, there's one type of troponin that is only in the heart. And if it is damaged and liquefies, it goes into the bloodstream and then we, it starts going up. And that's actually how we detect heart attacks now. Huh. So can we all get our uh, C-reactive protein level? You can. Yeah. I don't know if your insurance covers it. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely part, I mean, it should be a, you know, something that probably should be checked. I mean, not every day, but, you know, probably in your lifetime, you know, maybe after the age of 35 or 40. What about this idea? Business. Ready? <laughs> you ready to make a billion dollars? What, we need to, one of those things where you can check it at home. Yeah. Home check. Is there like, like, you know, I'm envisioning you step onto right. a scale, you check your weight. Right. That easy. Right. Who's that lady in that Silicon lady? Valley? <laughs> that's that's yeah. what I want to do. Yeah. I want to be the enough. blood lady. Yeah. The problem yeah. is, is that because anything makes it abnormal, yeah. it is not a great... So when we talk about screening tests, we want it to be cheap, but you also want it so that you're not creating a ton of anxiety. Right. That's when you panic that everybody's... <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. So the problem is, is that if you have a cold and you have a high CRP level you're going to think you're dying of a heart attack, especially after listening to this podcast. <laughs> and so that's why it's not, it is not taken off as a screening, like as a, as a routine screening test. And there's, there are organizations that look at the, um, the level of evidence as to whether, you know, this is going to create more heartache or, or not. Yeah. And that's the problem is, is it fits in that. So there's not a great test. So like even just like a, an EKG, um, you know, you know, you have, I mean, I mean, who's the Celtics guys? I mean, I don't know if they all, or, I mean, what's his name? Len Bias? Yeah. No, Hank Gathers is the guy. Who, Both of them died. Yeah, but Len Bias, I mean, there's... <laughs> oh, he was cocaine. Cocaine use. So yeah. that's Heart not, attack. Yeah. Good cocaine. Oh, no, he, that was, that, that's exactly what happened. Is that what yeah. it was? Yeah, no, that's exactly what it was. Wow. Mm-hmm. Hank Gathers had a different... Um, he had like a... He a was heart, loyal to Marymount. Yeah, he had a, he had a genetic Reggie, heart disorder right. that was different. Oh, you're Reggie, talking about Reggie, Reggie Lewis. Reggie, Reggie Lewis. Lewis is another one where yeah. it's speculated that there was cocaine use. Yeah, I mean, the New York... Mm. The Wall Street Journal wrote this allegedly, yeah, allegedly, yeah, 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 yeah. no, Great but player. he was another one. Uh, but he had a cardiomyopathy. He had a 
a cardiomyopathy. And um, and there was a guy for the Kings too, Barry, <clears throat> Ricky Barry. I think but those guys, if you did an EKG on them, you could theoretically Ricky. see if there's an abnormality. But once again, I mean, they've looked at these things. If you just did like an EKG on every high school athlete, would you prevent death? And the problem is, is that those EKGs have all these little blips and stuff that don't really mean anything that you would create like just panic in the streets. Okay. And like, so then any benefit of like that one guy you would save from di- dropping dead on the football field, which you would, would create like a million people that are like just, you know, it's like why the anxious. presidents don't tell us there's probably aliens. Yeah. They don't want to create panic. <laughs> I think there's yeah. not aliens. <laughs> the president it, would have right? told us though. He wouldn't be able to keep his mouth shut. So, <laughs> but, uh, so that's interesting. Cause like, yeah, with thinking about athletes, I'm like always wondering like, is there like people like athletes have better like hearts in general, like resting heart rates lower usually yeah. if you're a professional yeah. athlete. Yeah. But that doesn't help you at all with heart disease or does it or no. Like so, exercise. so all of these things. So the, you know, so then obviously the first half of this, I mean, you know what I've said so far, people may have stopped the podcast and been like, you know what? There's nothing I can do. And you know, they <laughs> no, go by their good phone. news. Did, coming. Did you yeah. not st- I hope our listeners will stop <laughs> yeah. the podcast. Keep, yeah. listening. <laughs> no, keep listening. No, but so the issue people is this. Are, so this inflammation is, What's going on? So two years ago, they did a uh, a major clinical trial for a drug that is not. It it has its a whole ton of side effects, so it's not ready for commercial use. But they were able to prove that if you blocked CRP, there was a huge drop in um, heart attacks. Actually, heart attacks and lung cancer. So there was what CRP? This C react this inflammation level that I, oh you know, okay this, this this blood test that I was saying that the the molecule they were actually able to block its effect. In the in the body, and they prove that um, there's less heart attacks. Is that regular? Does that relate to? Because uh, everybody's like, don't you, inflammation's really bad now. It probably always has been, but we just found that out. So that's why they're like, like I, I had back problems for the past year and a half, and then you gave up uh, uh, gluten, right? Uh, gluten and dairy, that's and right. I'm like way better and that now. Yeah. inflammation, right? So yeah. is that the same kind of inflammation, or are these two totally different uh, things? They're yeah, they're that. So from a general standpoint, yes, there's it's the same concept. Um, <clears throat> inflammation though is like hundreds of molecules and hundreds of immune cells involved. And, um, so it could be anything. It so, could be anything. Well, so that, that's the real, that's the thing. So like, um, the actual thing that you would need, the, the actual step in the inflammatory process that you need to stop to essentially cure heart disease is still yet to be figured out. Got it. And so that's, so we're kind of like, we, we kind of know what's going on, but we don't really know what's going on. And it's like, we don't know if we're just at the tip of the iceberg or like, you know, we're at step nine of 10 and we're about to crack the whole case. Yeah. And so that's really the, you know, kind of the, the difficult thing of that. We do know that Lipitor and statins definitely reduce the inflammation to a substantial level. Okay. And so then so then once again, what's the point of working out or eating healthy if it's, yeah. if it's all inevitable? It's definitely very clear that exercise has got a potent anti-inflammatory property. And definitely um, it looks like processed sugar and, or like the, the rapid cycling of insulin. So whenever you eat something like you know, white bread or you know, really this anything, anything that's tasty, <laughs> you know, anything <laughs> okay. like that, anything that like you're going to eat and it goes right into your bloodstream right away. Dessert. Um, there's a rapid rise of insulin and then a rapid removal of that insulin. So the sugar, um, the insulin levels of your body kind of just go right. up and down. Or there's it's just like the cocaine effect. It's yeah, like high low. It's just kind of it's a rapid cycling, and that seems to be either a marker of inflammation or an actual exacerbator. Of inflammation. I Is it better to it, eat sugar nonstop so then you never spike it back? <laughs> yeah. Ash, just keep eating. Just keep, keep Snickers eating. bars Posh. coming. It's definitely <laughs> very possible. <laughs> what, what about coffee? 
Uh, so coffee Ooh. is turning out to be very positive. Hey. Well, black coffee. Hey. Yeah. So dark chocolate, black coffee, tea. Um, there back. seems to be right. some relaxation. You know, so that's some- why they straws. They should have iced coffee with proper straws. So yeah. people get better. <laughs> but uh, yeah, what, okay. what other question? Yeah. You're talking about the factors. Is um, you didn't mention stress. And I know they always say to me, now I've had a heart attack, I need to min- min- reduce yeah. stress. But that's always, isn't it so stressful when they tell you to stop? Right. And I, don't, stress and I don't, yeah. don't know how to do it. And I understand on some level, like I could picture, like if you get all stressed out, yeah. it can yeah. cause you to like have a heart attack yeah. in the moment. Yeah. But like, what is, what is the actual physical like reason why stress? So would, the answer is we don't know. Oh. Um, the, the, the reality of the situation, you know, cause there was a study, study published like last week about like lowering stress is good for heart. But you know, the thing is, is that a lot of these studies are done they're not done in like controlled experiments because those experiments take a long time to do and they cost a lot of money. And, and if there's not like a, you know, like if you're trying to invent the next Lipitor, there's a huge incentive to do that. But then there's a lot of drugs that. that are generic or whatever. And they're, Lipitor you know, there's water. Not, you <laughs> like know, and, water. And I know the NIH for, you know, for some time was trying to do some of these studies. Right. Well, it's hard because you can't like do something that would have a control group where the people could die in it. Like you right. can't, exactly. there's no like. Right. So a lot of it is just what we call observational. And so that's why, you know, one week, you know, sugar's good for you. Another week, sugar's bad for you. Or, you know, it's yeah. like, it seems like it's just contradictory so evidence. Is there a week where over. stress is good for you or no? No, I mean, it, it's not, it's not that. It's just that, you know, there's definitely been studies where like, there's not a, there's not a, there's not a direct link with stress and heart disease. So then people are like, oh, and then the headline is no link between heart disease and stress. Everybody but like celebrates. what's really happening, but you know, ultimately I think, I think it's clear that I think stress does exacerbate this inflammation. Right. So, you know, once again, I mean, there's definitely some, you know, peripheral studies saying like meditation, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think where the exercise thing comes in, meditation. Um, you know, those are all things that, you know, kind of will help relieve stress, but we really don't have a grasp of what is the actual, how much stress is bad stress? What is the actual mechanism? Is it, is it, you know, stress is generally associated with adrenaline um, and adrenaline is definitely over the long term bad on, you know, the heart. Right. So um, like the or like, you know, one of the one of the number one drugs that we use are you using something called metoprolol or a beta yes. blocker. I'm on that one. So beta blockers, Check. beta blockers, <laughs> they're, all my pr- drugs their, here, key, their key job is to block stress on the heart. Ooh, take that. Stress. So or adrenaline on the str- on the heart. So it's you know, it's like th- there's a, there's definitely a link. I mean, you know, there's there's an intuitive link, but it has not been, you know, like, wait, can I, can I tell I my something? kids to not stress me out? I tell my work, leave yeah. me alone today. Yeah. I can't. Tell your kids not yeah. to show. Yeah. Cap, that might be why you did so well at your stand-up. The blocker? Are you, you have no I'm stress? I'm doping? Yeah, you're yeah. doping. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very fond. Asterisk next yeah. to that oh, successful. Because no. uh, every other comedian, it's so nerve. Yeah. The first time you ever do stand-up comedy, it's yeah. like the most nerve-wracking yeah. thing. I, it's like well, jumping out of an airplane. Of the, one of the FDA indications for beta blockers is public speaking. You should not do that? You can. I mean, you can prescribe it. You can actually... That's why you did doping. it! You were doping! Asterisk! Kick him out of the hall! Somebody oh. came into my office and they said, comes. I'm going to do public speaking. I need something. I could give them a prescription for beta blocker and their insurance company would actually cover it. Or they have to cover it because it's... This is... It's, it's, on, it's on label. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. I'm a purist. Oh, my God. I'm a stand-up comedy. I'm, I'm a Sammy Sosa. I'm going to tell stand-up New York never be allowed on stage again. Well, you can test me ahead of time. I'll, uh, I'll give it up for a week. You're going to be peeing a cup. <laughs> that is ridiculous. I should have looked at your med list before. I wouldn't have uh, thrown you under the bus. What yeah. about... Uh, what well, about that, that's what, a good segue into the... Com- there's a comedian... 
uh, this week. Oh, wait, what? I have one more oh, question God. on this. Yeah. Uh, on the diet. Yeah. What about beer, alcohol, wine? Yeah, so it's it's turning out. Don't give us bad news, Doc. I mean, it's the worst news you can have. Oh, which is, no. uh, it's turning out that there's actually no good dose of alcohol oh, on heart on. disease. Yeah, that might so, have been the yeah. I've read an article, four glasses, four to uh, six glasses of wine a day is like actually healthy. Four to six, where did you read <laughs> no, that article? No. I don't know. That's, <laughs> written, by a card- the <laughs> That's written by a cardiologist who's looking for business. <laughs> is that right? So, <laughs> no. um, so really you know, nothing? I, um, Basically, you know, from a from a basic science standpoint, one glass of wine or one can of beer or one shot has a, what we call the antiplatelet effect, which is what aspirin does. It block, you know, these platelets are kind of part of the clotting pa- uh, pathway, and they're definitely a major component of these blockages. So one one drink will kind of have the same effect that aspirin does on this, which is a good platelet, thing. which theoretically should be good for your heart. Oh, the problem is, is that one and a half glasses no one then has. reverses the effect of the <laughs> platelets and then starts actually damaging the blood vessels so that it promotes more inflammation. Can we create a special like For, glass and, of like where you like is like a measuring yeah, cup and yeah. it shows you the line you could drink. <laughs> There's like a big, uh, it, you know, yeah, caduceus on there and it's like anything above that. It's like. Yeah, you can show yourself. It's like that's very. It has yeah. your number on yeah. it. Exactly. Yeah, business. Call Dr. Grant. But yeah. is wine? Is there any truth to like wine being better for you? Or no? Over, it's all. Like, it's the alcohol itself. No. Um, you know, there was that. Um, yeah, red wine is not any better than a, ga- a can of beer or one shot. Oh. Uh, the issue. Right, I'll do shots tonight. Yeah, I mean, we talk. It's called the therapeutic index. It's a very narrow therapeutic index. So, in a very narrow range, it could theoretically be good for you. But as soon as you leave. There's a high toxicity. This is right. for all types of inflammation, or just the heart related? Uh, I mean, I mean, this is the. I, I don't know. The, yeah, the, yeah, but for heart, definitely. Got um, it. Well, so would you say that the if you drink when you're taking the metro, what's my drug I'm on again? Metropolol or yeah. So will the drinking cause the metropol not work as well? So that then I can count my because I had a few drinks. Pronounce that again. So I want <laughs> to get you back in. So I want to get back in the hall. It doesn't work like that. No, <laughs> does, yeah, nice yeah, try. Yeah. Still not in Springfield. Yeah. Yeah. But a couple of drinks is doing the same thing as taking a beta blocker. The oh, problem is, is that it's um, really juicing. Yeah, the problem is, is the next day it comes back with a fury. So that's why, uh, you know, um, you know, when you drink, you're suppressing adrenaline, which is why you know you feel more relaxed, and you know it's that it's an inhibitory, uh, it's it's inhibiting the inhibition in your brain, and also just kind of suppressing the adrenaline levels. So when you're hungover, mm. it's all that adrenaline that was suppressed Stressed. during the drinking session that's coming back. Yeah, and so that's where the clamminess and all that stuff exacerbates. Yeah. I haven't had a hangover since. Yeah. The heart attack. And what about um? Because what about CrossFit? Because Kaplan does CrossFit. Well, I've heard that's bad. Who says uh, that's bad? You know, it's, a lot of people, our listeners, have oh, told me they're yeah. like, "I know he does CrossFit. Yeah, that's bad for your so heart." <laughs> I mean, you, know, you should it's see not, the way I do it. I'm it's not, exactly not necessarily it. bad for your heart. Um, you know, it's the issue is is you know with, with all exercise, it's really it's consistency. Right. And the question is, how consistent can you be at CrossFit over? A lifetime, right? And the reality is, is that probably not. You know, right. well, you know, there's a there's a period in your life where you can be CrossFit, like you know, but then you know, there's definitely I think an injury rate that's probably above average. Yeah, uh, some days you just don't feel like throwing a rope across a yeah. like canal. Yeah. I mean, it just it just may not be. Um, well, I mean, uh, that's so sustainable. Wh- like, well, if you break down working out in general, what like is lifting? Because CrossFit is not a thing; it's just a combination of other things. Right, right. So, like, is lifting like weights like a lot, like a heavier weight, so not good for you because it puts stress on your body? No, there's, just- there's no issue. The, the issue is this: um, lifting weights and anything outside of cardio has never been proven to reduce heart attack. Right. Um, on a consistent level, 
So the only rec- the the only exercise we technically recommend is is cardio. That I'm I'm hitting every one of these. <laughs> I do. I run. I have never smoked. I don't, my dad didn't have a heart attack before 45. You yeah. don't have any stress. You don't have a job. I yeah. no stress. <laughs> have kids. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're, so you're not probably going to have a heart attack. Yeah, you never... Oh, good for you. But what about... Um, well, what about... So the quali- if you could do CrossFit guaranteed for the next you know, 30 years, well, it's going to be great on your heart. The cold will be over the by problem, 30 years. Yeah. The problem is, is that that's not real. I mean, Otherwise, I, just I go jogging. Like, yeah. Well, what is the... Because um, like, I've had a lot of people tell me different things. Yeah. So I had a... I'm sure, yeah. I had, at cardiac rehab, I had a nurse there. A nurse, she told me that based on like how long my heart attack process was from like 5 30 in the morning all the way to like i didn't get into the stem yeah. until like 3 30 in the afternoon yeah. four o'clock yeah that like i probably had like a fit heart almost to like does that make any sense because i don't i didn't know if she's just saying something to blow smoke up me like i was yeah, fit I mean, enough to handle it clearly it wasn't yeah, that could have come from exercising it wasn't like, that fit not just like crossfit but like yeah not yeah i mean fit. you know i yeah. <laughs> had a heart attack <laughs> that's true <laughs> um, like you could have died compared to the other heart attack yeah. patients yeah no i mean it's definitely right now um just One of the areas of active research is this whole issue of, you know, for older people, um, is the actual fatigue and shortness of breath coming from your heart? I mean, this is a consult. People come to my office all the time, right? I get called all the time. You know, is this person's shortness of breath or fatigue a direct cause? Is it directly caused by the, the poor flow of blood from a prior heart attack or an impending heart attack? Or is it caused because their muscles are out of shape? Right. So, um, and that kind of and dictates it's a tricky your thing because, like, yeah, I do. Like, I used to cross it's it a more, web, yeah. and I gained. So, before the few months ahead of the heart attack, I did notice, like, sometimes I do the stairs on the subway or something, and I just be like, a little bit of breath, which is yeah. like, why am I out of breath? Yeah. That's like not that many stairs. I mean, it could have. So that could, could be just could have been a sign of an early heart attack, right. but it probably it could, yeah, it's hard you know, to like tell. I said, right? If I see a hundred people with that symptom, where you're just like getting doc, in shape, I uh, you know, you know, they're in Jersey City, they came to work, I'm walking up the stairs, and I'm huffing and puffing. Am I having a heart attack? And then, you know, we'll, you know, and, you know, right. so usually it's like, just no, yeah. get in shape. I mean, if they're like, uh, you know, a lot of them, you know, in that area, they're an investment banker who's 26 years old. I'm like, I mean, you know, there's nothing to do. Your blood work is fine. Uh, I mean, I could order a bunch of tests. It'll make my wife happy because we can pay our mortgage, but like, it's <laughs> not going to make, it's not going to predict whether you are going to have a heart attack. I mean, that's unfortunately the limitation of the technology right now. Yeah. And um, we got an event. That's what we need to invent. Just but, Victor. you know, there are, you know, but, you know, if you are a diabetic or, you know, there are other, you know, there are other things or if they're a smoker and they're doing that, I may say, you know what, the probability, the, 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 the risk of you having a heart attack is high enough that, you know, we should do a test. Right. Um, and that's kind of like a daily thought process that I go through with each individual person. So the to- doctors are responsible about like thinking about tests. You can't just like, because if I was a doctor, I would just be like, yeah, order a test for everybody. What do I? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> pay my bills. Yeah, my I, I mean, bills. I do. Unfortunately, I mean, unfortunately, yeah, he, you know, the yeah. doctors are all different. Yeah, uh, you know, there's <laughs> oh, yeah. some of these guys. I do yeah. know people that you know that all they do is just figure out how they can write name names. Yeah, <laughs> let's dox them. There's docs yeah. in the city. He's a, he's a Jersey docs, we're on our Dox the docs. Um, I honestly, my my biggest, you know, like whatever. I mean, I've been working now for ten years. I would definitely tell um, somebody who comes out that if you're looking to just kind of churn out tests. You're going to burn out. Those are the people I think burn out very quickly. Like right. they just get bored. I mean, they're just sitting there just, I mean, they know it's, they're just running a scam and you know, yeah. you know, it's just, I, I don't, I, I just feel like they would have less right. kind so, of enjoyment than what yeah, they that's do. Yeah. part of the, um, the science. So it's Same probably advice to podcasters who are just yeah. putting out pods. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. Just churning them out. Yeah. And, you know, no. thought. But it's, it's like, you know, if it's more, you know, you actually are putting some thought process in, then it's, um, 
you know, trying to develop a relationship with the patient, you're probably going to have more fun at your job, or at least that's been my experience. Yeah. Mm. But um, so what can what age should people start getting tested? I, I've never been tested. Yeah. For- so. You know, that's a good question. You know I, mean? I asked you what your cholesterol was before yeah. we started. I have no so idea. I was what's say- even crazier right now is, is that, um, you know, by the American Heart Association guidelines, um, you technically don't even need to be treated for high cholesterol till you're the age of 40 because most clinical trials have not looked at people under the age of 40. Okay. okay. Now, do I follow that practice? I, you know, I, I do it based on a, on, a, on, a, on a case-to-case basis. I look at, you know, if there's some damage to the heart, if there's other features that make it look like, you know, maybe they have more risk than I, I may say, you know what, it's technically not indicated, but, you know, I, I think the side effects of the drugs are so low that let's do it and we'll follow these things. But usually what it is, is that, you know, you should probably at the minimum get your cholesterol checked, you know, maybe every other year, depending on how out of control it is. Um, but if you never know, I don't know. <laughs> right. I've never been checked. Right. I don't so think. You should pro- I mean, you know, you're how old now? 37? Yeah, I mean, you probably should. Uh, is that something they check when you get a physical? Yeah, it should be part of like... Uh, oh, okay. Some doctors, I've had it with yeah. different doctors. Some the, of them do the other it problem is, is some don't. Cholesterol is a moving target. So like for you, your what we call bad cholesterol, which is your LDL cholesterol, should be as low as possible. Yeah, so right now, and it's probably... So I hadn't checked in a while, so I don't know how to yeah. compare it, but they checked it like a few weeks ago. Yeah. And now I'm like a 112 total and the bad is only like 55. Yeah, that's what you want it to be. And yeah. the good one is 57. Yeah. I would so leave like, it as low as possible. Yeah, it's like this is... Uh, uh, people have lo- will look at that. People will look at that, not cardiologists, and they'll say, oh my God, it's too low. Let's reduce your medication, okay? Right. Because people are always trying to get off the medication. Right, well, psychologically, it's, if you'd feel good, I would yeah. imagine if I was on less yeah. drugs. Yeah. But it's one of these things where it's like, just keep, you know, keep it just going keep forever. You know, yeah. as they said, they told me that in the hospital, like you'll take liberty to the rest of your life. Yeah, you it's should. Like, well, yeah, you should. They could invent yeah. something else. I was yeah. Like, no, but yeah. No. Um, well, I mean, unfortunately, it's the best. That's yeah. not true. People are not staying on it forever. People are looking to come off medication right. or, you know, do they certain- reduce the dose, though, at some point? Like, are they you don't know? Depends on clinical trials have shown independent of your cholesterol level. The higher the dose of the Lipitor, you, the longer you live and the mm. less heart attack and stroke you have. So the question is, um, what can you, like, going to see a doctor, what, what can they actually do for you to make you? Yeah. The problem is, is it's not a lot. To find out, right? Yeah. So um, there are, you know, there are um, CAT scans. Um, there's something called a calcium score. Mm. Um, there's something called a cardiac uh, CAT scan where they actually look at the blood vessels um, and then there's something what I do, which is called a cardiac angiogram, which either through the blood vessel of your groin, which is or or through the wrist. I do I do about ninety percent of my procedures through the wrist. You can actually stick a catheter into the heart and take some pictures of what's going on. I think I'm having that in like a few weeks. I'm having like an MRI. Oh, you are like, a cardiac MRI. Yeah, and yeah. I'm having something else, but. Okay. They called me from the place the other day to set the appointment. They're like, oh, you're having, that's a fun combination. It's like, oh, thanks yeah. guys. <laughs> so that'll tell me like everything. Cause I have this life vest as you see. Yeah. How many, oh yeah, I should talk. How many of these do you ever prescribe? Have you ever prescribed? You know, I don't, I don't prescribe them as often as I used to. Extreme um, cases. <laughs> there were, uh, well, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, so what, what was your ejection fraction when you left the hospital? So the hospital told me it was like 40. Right. Okay. And they said that was pretty good. Yeah. And then when I got to New York, uh, and I swear they tested me twice. Maybe I made that up because it was all the week yeah. was all blur. Yeah. Um, my podcast. I don't. It might not have been that accurate that I thing I said. But then when I get back to New York, he tested me when I had a consultation with a cardiologist, and he had it at thirty five. What does that all mean? And it, it's like right. the amount of blood. You're- so every time your heart squeezes, we look at. Um, I mean, it's really what we what we're looking at 
directly is the actual dimensions. We look at it when it's at rest and when it's uh, squeezing, and we take a difference between the two areas of those of the of the of the heart ventricle. What it's supposed to represent is how much blood is flowing out of your body. Okay. So normal is 65. So every time your heart squeezes, theoretically, 65% of the blood should be leaving your heart and traveling to it's the whole like thing. A, like a sponge effect almost or like a, like, or just like a, it's like a, it's like a pump. It's a pump. I mean, it's basically, um, and so studies have shown after a heart attack, um, if your heart ejection fraction is 35% or less, um, there's a high chance that your heart could actually stop. And so um, what, we, what we... So that's what, his, that's what this is right. for. Well, so this is, this is a later technology. This kind of... So what happened was is that there's a device called the defibrillator, right. which, is, which is essentially a pacemaker. Pacemakers deal with only slow heartbeats. The defibrillator will actually... Shark, shot. The problem with, with what we call sudden death is the heart rate goes so fast, you basically stop yeah. pumping blood. It just starts pumping The empty. problem with sudden death is you die. Right. Well, Suddenly. yeah. <laughs> That's I mean, the well, big problem. There's a there's a term <laughs> there's called no way to... aborted sudden death. So it's um, and that's really what you want. So the whole point of the life vest is pro that, choice, baby. To make it it's not what you want. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so like, wow. basically, like you die, and then it shocks you. Well, back it's, to just, life. it's a it's it a term. Yeah. It's a term meaning that your heart stops. Right. So um, the defibrillator you're talking about could go in. That's something so, they said they could put inside of so my chest. The most doesn't... strong evidence is is that after um, you know anywhere between depending on the circumstances. Anywhere between 30 and 90 days after either a heart attack or, you know, some, some diagnosis of a low, of a low um, ejection fraction, you, if you put a defibrillator in, then you will live longer than the person who doesn't have the defibrillator. Um, and the way it does that is, is it identifies if there's something that is going to make you collapse and it shocks you. So this comedian who died in front of everybody, yeah, essentially this, had sudden death. So right, that's, that's what's so insane. So that's what, the other. That's the other presentation of heart attacks. It's not. It's the. It's the other. It's the other side of the coin for what happened. The you sudden know, death heart attack. Yeah. So that's what like I used no, to think. All no the time to heart drive were. through the snow in an ambulance. Yeah. To go from one hospital to another. There's none of that. You're not. You, you don't have any time. No it's time to game, game material over. for a podcast. Those are the people that you know. Unfortunately, when you you know they. Family men, you know, people find them dead in bed in the morning or, yeah, you know, right, that, that's what happened. Is that's they, what I thought they all were. I didn't know that even this Kaplan kind can happen. existed. Yeah, Kaplan yeah, kind. They call yeah, it the yeah, Kaplan kind. Yeah. So this guy died, um, which you mentioned earlier, but he died on stage in the United Kingdom do, doing stand up and uh, he died. And then the audience didn't even know he was dead. Yeah. yeah. And then he sat there for like a few minutes. Yeah, so they realized yeah, he wasn't joking. Yeah. Around. Yeah. He wasn't moving around. But so yeah, that's what it is. That's right? how that happens. Yeah. It's just, it's pretty, uh, it's Turner wants dramatic. to know if that could happen to him. But yeah, are my risk factors now raised because I'm a comedian? Like the stress of like, but I don't get that stressed anymore doing stand up. He always kills. You know, you're not getting stressed. <laughs> He's out. always killing. Yeah, I mean, it, it only happens if you've got this ruptured. Pl- I mean, it's. Re- I mean, there are he, rare genetic disorders where um, you are prone to this sudden death. So, so wasn't sudden death kind? You have to have like a. You've either had a heart attack before, like I have, or yeah. well, there's have a have host have, of genetic. So, uh, Hank Gathers, right, Loyola Marymount. He had a disease called hypertrophic cardiomyopathy where his muscle was totally – he was born with heart muscle that was just totally irregular. Yeah. And as a result, he was prone to car, uh, sudden death. So it's like an electrical, you know, just kind of storm that happens and you can, you can drop dead. So now if you're diagnosed with that, you get a defibrillator even at a young age. Yeah. And, and so – So a heart attack is an acquired version of that where the, the scarring in your heart – 
creates areas where the electricity can kind of short circuit around. The problem is, is that you don't, so originally they were like, well, let's just put it in everybody who had a heart attack. And they, what they showed was, is that a lot of people were getting these defibrillators that didn't need them. So then the evidence was you wait a month, uh, you wait 45 days. Yeah, it's only like three months usually yeah, because usually your heart- 45 days to three months. Like yeah. I said, it's a lot of different circumstances. And hopefully my it. muscle will, will improve. Yeah, um, yeah. Because I don't really, so, I mean, is there a downside? I don't really, I just don't on the principle really want to have one if I don't have to. Is there like a reason? No, I mean, you so don't I just, want it if you don't, yeah. if you don't need it. But if you need it, it's very right. helpful. Yeah, 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 of course. You know, um, right. The issue is, is that- If I go through like- So the whole thing with the life rest, why I don't prescribe it all the time is, is that I do prescribe it for people with heart attacks if they've got this low, because they, you know, if you've got an infarct or a, like an actual scar in your heart, I mean, they're really a setup for something. The people, what we call non-ischemic cardiomyopathy, where they, they, they just have, they're born with you know, abnormal hearts or like really an alcoholics, or there's, there's a whole bunch of, I mean, that, that's a whole different topic. Um, the evidence for, if you put a life vest on them and just have them go, and then three months later, put the, you know, the defibrillator in, it doesn't, like they, they don't need it. So then it's like, if you don't need it, then it's like a headache for, you know, yeah. Um, you know, to put it in. Yeah. All right. We got it. We got to <laughs> go. Dr. Grani, thank you so much. Yeah. This, is very very coming in. Yeah. this has been a blast. Yeah. Super Turner, educational. Lots of no turns. Not going to probably have a heart attack. Yeah. Everybody, everything. exercise, yeah. eat dark chocolate, yeah. drink black coffee. Definitely go see your doctor. The reversible things like high blood pressure, they unfortunately start in your 20s. Mm-hmm. And you're, mu- you're much better off having it addressed early with diet and exercise. Right. Don't don't be a hero. Don't have too much pride to take medication. The problem is that if you wait wait till you're 40, like a lot of people do, then by that point, it's too late and diet and exercise will not be enough. Mm. That's what my plan was. (laughs) I said, I'm going to wait till I'm 42 and honor Jackie Robinson. That's a good number. Then I'm going to turn my life around. Because the longer it goes, the more medicine you're going to have to be on. Mm. And it's just, uh, you know, more medicine is worse than, you know, less medicine. So uh, thank you so much. Dr. Grani, cardiologist to the pod. If you're in Jersey City. Thank you guys. Look him up. Look him up. Cap, let's get to the news. Play the music. First news story of the week, Kaplan, comes to us from, I don't know who. It's from People. People Magazine. People Magazine. Milk Bar's signature crack pie. So Milk Bar is the name of- That's, a, a, that's a, play, a very trendy like dessert restaurant in New York City. Oh, okay. It's Milk very, Bar. People, it's called Milk the Bar. The foodies love it. The foodies. I'm a big food. Yeah. Milk Bar's signature crack pie uh, gets a new name after being slammed as offensive. Wait, why? <laughs> What's offensive? What's crack pie? Because it's this pie, so it's offensive to um, the crack coach King Ebed. It's making they're basically they're saying that this, they call it crack pie. It's their most famous thing on the menu. I, I've been there with Weber many years ago. People wait, place people wait in line for, it. and there's lots of great desserts there. But the crack pie is like because it's like crack. It's so addictive. It's, it's so as good. good as crack. It's a, so wait, this is offensive to crackheads? They're saying it's effective, offensive. I think to the African American community because of the crack cocaine epidemic that swept the country. But like, 
I don't think there's anyone in that oh community my God. that this whole thing is a classic thing where I don't think anyone in that community is offended. I think it's like a bunch of white people. Are any crackheads going coke? <laughs> are any crackheads going to this trendy foodie uh dessert shop in New York City? No, that's what all this the shit crossover is. is zero. Like if this, it's those two circle graphs, there'd be zero overlap. What's yeah, that the, thing called? Yeah, the Diag- Venn diagram thing. Yeah. Like, that's what all the stuff is. It's always the people who get offended of things are not the people who are supposedly offended. And all these things, and it, and it, you know, it really begs the question: Are crackheads really organizing? And- no, that's my point. And it begs, but I'm you start thinking like I know I've been to a lot of different places that have um like a heart attack. They call it like a, a burger, like a heart attack. It'll be like a burger with fried sure. egg and a bacon or whatever. Or they'll have like a triple decker, lots yeah. of meat, like pastrami, turkey with the works. They call it the heart attack. You've seen it in a lot of menus. Yeah. Isn't that offensive? Yes. To people, who've had, I'm a survivor now. Yes. And I'm very woke about it. And people, I want people to dox anybody who has a heart attack sandwich on their menu. Yeah, woke up people. Because we need we need to like everybody needs to be ruined if we're going to like ruin this. Let's take them all down. Because Hey guys, if I this is America. If I'm going down, everyone else is coming down with me. Yes, exactly. Bring them all down. I'm a crackhead. I'm offended. <laughs> Everyone's offended. You can't be clever with anything anymore. You can't you But also here's safe. my other question. Uh what is this the 80s? It crack isn't even around anymore. Right, that's why it's not even like who still does crack. I uh, yeah, is it why is it around? Is it because it's bad for the heart? They listen to the doctors, they heard about that or I think it was like one the one too many Spike Lee movies and, and everyone was like, Oh yeah, we probably shouldn't do that anymore. I think it's an example of how is it really an example of how things are getting better or worse? That so, no one's cra- on crack? Yeah, what's that's probably better. Do we know people aren't on crack or we're just making uh, it? It's our new segment, as TJ Miller said. We no don't one's on check. crack. <laughs> I've, I've never met a single person on crack. I don't th- I think crack was a big thing a long time ago. Now it's out. Yeah. Am I offensive by saying this? That's more offensive than making pie called crack. No. Just I, saying that no one does crack? Who does crack? That people do crack. They want name, to be... Name six people you know who do crack. Six people? I couldn't name six people who drink orange juice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what is... What people don't drink orange juice Incest or twi- hit us if up on Twitter crack. if you do crack. Right. We're at Lost in America Pot on Ends and, and, or Sweetest at Cap in America. Whatever. Let me know. Let all right. Know. Next news story. Comes to us from Fox News, Cap. This is actually all over the internet. This comes to us from everywhere. But criminal gangs in the United Kingdom are using stuffed dead rats to smuggle drugs into prisons. Now, this is a big story. Now, are they smuggling? You sure they're not smuggling uh, desserts that are (laughs) crack pies? Yeah, no. They're not smuggling crack. Do you want to know how they're doing it? Yeah, I don't know. I read into this. What the way they're getting uh, drugs into prisons is uh, they're taking these rats. Uh, gut, gutting them, gutting them, gutting them, Ugh. and then in the middle, putting in all the drugs, and mm. then sewing them back together, mm. and then throwing them over the wall mm. into the prisons, and then the prisoners are like on uh, guard duty. I mean, uh, what yard duty? But they don't notice a, a rat is going over the wall. They're I just- guess not. But here's what I'm saying: that this is what's going to happen. This happens if you build a wall. Well, walls lead to cr- walls lead to creativity. Is what you're saying. There's going to be uh, uh, rats, just uh, uh, cloudy with a chance of rats <laughs> in San Diego, California, pretty <laughs> soon from the cartels, the Sinaloa drug cartels. Yeah. Going to be throwing rats. That sounds like a really shitty season of the of like Narcos or something or The Wire. We're just like, this is the season we focus on the rat over the wall operation. Yeah. But what else could you put in a rat? Because it's like, I mean, that's better than sticking it up someone's butt, right? Like they do, like they put like a mule. Sticking mules. it in a rat? No, yeah. Well, which yeah, would you rather, think, if you're doing drugs, which would you rat, be less grossed out by the fact that this was like in someone's cavity or in a rat? In a rat. I think up someone's <laughs> butt is the worst case scenario. Worst case. Okay. Yeah. We should rank these things. Yeah. They should like, when you know, you know, you should know what the food you put in your body is. You should know the drugs too. 
So the drugs that's been in someone else's body. Yeah, they should they should rank that like level of like where this has come from. Is it grass fed? Or that, the other thing. So yeah, was it in a rat? <laughs> was it in a human? Was it in a mouse? Did it come over the border through a hole in the wall? Did the drug mule guy that brought it in through his butt? Did he have a heart attack? Yeah, you want to know if it's healthy? Yeah, you want to know because like honestly, like maybe rat poison is healthier because it's like you don't put that in a rat. You put that just make rat poison and grind it up and snort it. Can I give you a billion dollar idea? Yeah, better than that one. <laughs> well, yeah, better than that one. I mean, this is real. We're going to make a lot of money. All right. The, they're smuggling rats into prisons in the United Kingdom, yes. right? What city in the world has the biggest rats? You're not like mob rat. Oh, New York City. New York City. So, I looked at the pictures of the rats they're smuggling in. They're tiny. What I'm saying is here. we get rats. We fit more drugs in them. We, exactly. We sell them to the United Kingdom uh, drug cartel. A rat export business. Yes. We, we make Can't we also bring and we Millions. Should get, we should get them to the Mexicans, too, because that wall's going up. Why they not? need these rats. Uh, what's his name? Chapo's in the neighborhood. Uh, Chapo's <laughs> in our neighborhood. You got to get up. You know when you go visit him in prison and they put yes. the phone up and he's confused? Like we'll you give him rats. Movie, Why is this little white kid meet me? To, I got to. El Chapo. We got a billion dollar <laughs> idea, El Chapo. I got a billion dollar idea. You got to speak in code. You can't say a billion dollar idea. They're, they're monitoring his no, conversations. No, but also it's, a, it's the perfect crime because there's nothing illegal about selling real rats. Right. We're selling dead real rats. We can even gut them. We could get into it. We got to talk to the exterminators. We got to get an exterminator on the inside because he'll have the, he'll kill the rats for us. We just go down in the subways. We get a slingshot. I don't want to get my hands dirty. Oh, you don't want to be the man on the ground? I don't want to be the man on the ground. Okay, let's, You're like Tony Soprano, we, one step yeah, away. Yeah, we pay off the exterminator a little okay. a percentage of the action. Okay. He gets his cut. Okay. He's got to eat. His family's got to eat. As Tony Soprano. <laughs> he gets a taste. I, yeah. Wet so, his beak. Yeah, I mean, and you'll be the Pauly Walnuts of this operation. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> I'm just talking about the hierarchy in our mind. Okay, right okay. Here. No, I want to be on top. It's oh, my idea. I think Zal Chop was going to be the Tony Soprano. Oh, we're yeah, yeah, yeah. But maybe we, we'll we be his capos. We probably shouldn't go to him. Yeah. <laughs> we got to involve we'll Chapo. We'll be his capos. <laughs> <laughs> I need a new business card. Yeah. I became a comedian and a captain. Capo in, in the Sinaloa drug cartel. Yeah. But we're not even selling drugs. That's what I'm saying. We're the best. selling rats. It's the perfect crime. Yeah. It's yeah. It's not even a crime. It's not even a crime. There's nothing illegal about selling rats. No, but they're <laughs> the biggest rats on earth. <laughs> you can spit double. You can triple their profits. They can sell triple the amount of. Uh, you, you can stuff triple the amount of cocaine in there of crack. Our rats will be the best. And then we can get offended for the crack pie people. That's it, Kaplan. Thank you to our uh, cardiologist of the podcast, Doctor Grandi. Cap, do you feel like you know more about your body now? I feel like I know more about my body. I don't, I feel like I, I've learned. That, Excuse me, comedian cap. Yeah. I feel like I've learned uh, more about the heart attack. Um, why, actually, no, he didn't, he didn't answer the question. I still don't know why I had a heart attack. Oh yeah, but there's no I think answer. he gave answers for you and for other people. And that's all I care about. I can have, I, like I said, open me up again. Give me another heart attack. I got, I get more material <laughs> out of it. I got to do another tight five. So I'm going to need it. So you need a heart attack every three months. If I'm going to need a heart attack every three months or something, some sort of, some sort of ailment. All right. That's it. Cap. What should we do? Let's get lost. Get, oh, wait. And come to my live uh, June 7th. Get your tickets right now. Always link, be plugging. Link in the liner notes of this episode. That's it. Always be plugging. Get, Cap, lost. get lost. It's not my fault that I had the fat and the sugar and the salt that was in the food when I bought it. It's not my fault that I had the fat and the sugar and the salt that was in the food when I bought it. Somebody's putting fat in the food, animal fat, animal fat. And somebody's putting sugar in the food, give you diabetes, give you diabetes. Somebody's putting monosodium glutamate in the food. 
calling it another name And calling it another name Somebody's putting salt in the food Up with your blood pressure, 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 up, up, up. It's not my fault that I had the fat and the sugar and the salt that was in the food when I bought it. It's not my fault that I had the fat and the sugar and the salt that was in the food when I bought it. Here's the ambulance coming to get me I'm off to the Department of Cardiology Hey Mr. Cardiologist, won't you give me a brand new stent? Hey Mr. Cardiologist, won't you open up my artery? I lay down on the bed and he was about he was about to start working on me and I saw the nurse looking across at him and he looked down at me and I looked over at the nurse and she looked back at him then and I knew there was something going on in his head and I wasn't sure what he was what he was going to say to me and he opened his mouth and before he could say anything at all I butted in and I interrupted and I said Doctor, it's not my fault says I that I had the fat and the sugar and the salt that was in the food when I bought it It's not my fault, says I That I had the fat and the sugar and the salt That was in the food when I bought it When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.